0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Adam Talks, a podcast that takes an alternative look at retirement. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Adam Talks. I'm Adam Bergman, Tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's episode, life changing new retirement laws. So recently, US Senators Ben Cardin, Democrat of Maryland, and Rob Portman, Republican from Ohio, bipartisan support. Isn't that amazing? Democrats and Republicans working together like the good old days, right? Well, why I love the retirement industry so much is because it's the only industry where there is bipartisan support. Democrats and Republicans agree that saving for retirement is a good thing, and it helps all Americans, Democrats, Republicans, blue, red, everyone, irrespective of religion, ethnicity. It works because it's based off simple mathematics. Your money grows faster without tax. That's called tax deferral and compounding interest. And even our Representatives in Washington understand this. So it's really, really refreshing to see the introduction of the Retirement Security and Savings Act that was recently introduced a week ago or so by Senator Cardin and Portman. And there's a really good chance it becomes law potentially by summer or early fall. And this is basically the final piece of Secure Act 2.0 which was reintroduced by Portman and Carta. Now, Secure Act 1.0 was passed December 2019 and did a lot of great, great things for retirement, right? It changed the RMDH from 70 and a half to 72. Um, it, it did a lot of stuff for small 401k plans. It did multiple employer plans, making it easier for businesses to adopt 401ks. It did do one eh, itsy bitsy negative thing where it got away with the uh, stretch IRA, basically, once you pass away and you leave it to a spouse and your spouse passes, or if you leave your IRA to a non-spouse, they got to get rid of it in 10 years, right? Whereas before they had the ability to stretch out their distributions over their life expectancy. So they got rid of the stretch IRA, which is, you know, the only negative part of, of Secure Act 2.1. But Secure Act 2.0, which was initially passed um, in the, by Neil Brady and the Ways and Means Committee back in like October last year, kind of just, you know, the election happened and, you know, everything happened in D.C. So now uh, Senators Carter and Portman reintroduced and it has a lot of the same stuff as Secure Act 2.0. I'm going to go through it. Some nuggets in here, some really good stuff um, and life-changing stuff, actually, uh, and I'll explain why. So just to give you kind of a broad summary of of the intent of this bill, and it was, according to the Senators, it was a broad set of reforms designed to strengthen Americans' retirement security, The bill addresses four major opportunities in the existing retirement system. One, allowing people who have served, who have saved too little to save more aside for their retirement. Two, helping small businesses offer 401ks and other retirement plans. Three, expanding access to retirement saving plans, including for low-income Americans without coverage. And four, providing more certainty and flexibility during Americans' retirement year. So all great things, right? Who, Who disagrees with that? Right, everyone wants to have more money for retirement. Everyone wants their neighbors and fellow Americans to have more for retirement. So this is a good thing and it's it's actually nice to do a podcast. The last podcast I did was on Bitcoin crashing. Uh, so this is actually a more positive podcast and it's a really uh good bill actually. There's there's really nothing in here that I have any issue with. Uh, it's a very very good bill and I, and I think it's going to pass because the fact that there's bipartisan support. So I'm going to go into detail on some of the important provisions. Uh, I'm not going to address a lot of the 401k stuff uh, because it's mostly a solo 401k IRA slash alternative assets podcast. So I'm not going to go into detail on all the really interesting 401k uh, provisions, but I'm going to touch on a few. So the first one is it establishes a new automatic enrollment for Safe Harbor, right? Safe Harbor is the most popular type of 401k. You basically get a 3% match if you put in money or an automatic, uh, non-elective match, depending on how your plan is set up with your employer. But under the current law, there's a 3% salary deferral, and there's an auto escalation up to 6%. This bill would create a new safe harbor, in which the minimum default level of contributions would be 6% in the first year, 7% in the second year, and 8%, and 9%, and 10% in subsequent years. There will be a 10% cap on the default level. So this is going to be interesting for a lot of reasons. It's great for employees. Businesses will struggle with this. They may not love it at first because obviously the more money they pay out in automatic in automatic safe harbor uh, contributions, obviously that's less cash flow for the business. Yes, it is tax deductible to the business, but it's cash flow that's leaving their coffers, going to their in Uh, Employee. So, this again is for automatic enrollment safe harbor. Not everyone does automatic enrollment safe harbor. If you just do a regular safe harbor, you're likely not going to be uh, caught in this provision. But for companies that do the automatic enrollment safe harbor, uh, from the three to six to six to 10, that's a big jump, right? 100% jump. And we'll see how employers feel about that. Some back out of it. Um, It's obviously really good for employees. That's free money. I've done podcasts on this before. If you are working, at a business that gives you an employee match, then save through your 401k. You're getting free money. Generally, it's a percentage of their compensation. But in some cases, if you don't put in that 3% minimum, you may not get the match. So ask your administrator, ask what features you have in your 401k, because you could be missing out on free money. Okay, so just beware of that. Um, let's see. So the next one I would want to talk about is the saver's credit. And this bill would make the saver's credit refundable and require that the credit would be contributed directly to a retirement plan or Roth IRA. So the individual would designate the plan or IRA to receive the contributions, except that uh, no plan or Roth IRA would be required to accept the contribution. So basically the way it works is right now, if you are 18 or over, you're not a dependent, you're not a student, and depending on your adjusted gross income, you could potentially get anywhere from two thousand a person, four thousand if married followed jointly, all the way to one or two thousand if you're single, um, to um, get free money, basically a credit. So it reduces your taxes. Okay, and it's basically if you if you earn less than um, you know anywhere from thirty nine to sixty six. Once you're over sixty six, you're phased out of the credit. Um, but once you're, if you're below 39, you, you basically um, you know, will, will be able to get um, a credit, um, which is basically the maximum contribution amount that you can get for this credit uh, is basically 4000 Okay, So basically, the way it works is they're incentivizing you to save through an IRA, and they're giving you a credit for what you contribute. This provision is going to say, you know what, instead of that credit, we're going to give you the money. Okay, we're going to actually give it to you in a Roth IRA, uh, let you save it, which I've been preaching for years. Credits are great, but if you make 40 grand, you're not paying a lot in taxes anyways. So if you can get that money and let it grow in a retirement account, you're 25 or 30, that two grand could turn into 100 grand, potentially, in 30, 40 years. So it's a great, great provision. It applies, again, only if you make a certain, below a certain threshold of income, but it's a good idea right? The idea is that, hey, instead of just giving you this credit, doesn't have that much value. We're going to give you the cash and you can put it in an IRA or a Roth IRA and let it grow. Um, question is, will they let you invest in anything you want? Will you be able to pull it? Some of, the, some of those questions are unanswered, but the, the thought and I think the, the intent is very, very positive. Uh, another interesting thing, uh, full-time employees for solo 401ks or 401ks. So before the SECURE Act, you basically it was 1,000 hours, right? The SECURE Act generally required 401ks to have a dual eligibility requirement in which an employee must complete either one year of service, so 1,000 hours, or three consecutive years where employees complete at least 500 hours. This bill would reduce the three consecutive years to two. So what that means is it's going to be easier for someone to be eligible because instead of having to do one year of 1,000 or three years of 500 hours, now it's one, that one year of 1,000, two years of 500. So increasing eligibility. Uh, Another thing they want to uh, basically say, if you get an inherited IRA, uh, they're going to let you do uh, a 60-day rollover because there's been some issues where people kind of get the money, they don't know what to do with it, and they trigger a distribution and there was no intent for uh, non spousal and IRA. So that that will be a good thing as well. This is a huge E. They want to increase the RMD from 72 to 75, right? Pretty good. Uh, this would go. This um, this would be big, right? So it would go from seventy two to seventy five in two thousand thirty two, uh, not so fast. Um, the initial bill would have increased it from seventy two to seventy five in twenty thirty. Okay, so they just increased it from seventy five to seventy two in two thousand twenty. Right, the Secure Act of two thousand nineteen did that. Now they're going to increase it to seventy five in two thousand thirty two. So we're going to have to wait another eleven years. Uh, I wish it would be sooner, but it's a good thing, right? The idea is that, hey, people are living longer. If you don't need to pull the money out, then keep keep having that money grow without tax. So it's a pretty good provision. I like it. Uh, I wish it would have started a little earlier, like maybe 20, uh, 28, 27, but uh, it's better than nothing, okay? Uh, another thing is they want to enhance a startup credit that for companies that start a 401k plan, um, basically they want to be able to do you can apply for up to 3 years and you can get the lesser of 50% of the employer startup cost to do the plan and it goes as much as 5000 bucks and under the bill 50% would be increased to 75% if you have 25 or less employees so that's pretty cool right you potentially get up to $5000 um, credit not a deduction but a credit for setting up a 401k so that can actually cover most of the cost for the 401k and even um, potentially some of the cost of, of safe harbors because you'll be able to reduce your tax by that credit. So again, here's the theme, making it easier for companies to offer plan benefits, giving employees and individuals more incentive to save, all good things. This is another cool option. They want to treat student loan payments as elective deferrals for matching. So instead of under a safe harbor or a 401k where there's matching contributions, where the employer just matches into your 401k, they're going to allow some of that matching to go to pay off student loans right? And some companies have started doing this. They've gotten special permission, private letter rulings from the uh, Department of Labor, IRS, to allow this to happen. But this would apply for 401ks, 403bs, uh, simple IRAs, for qualified student loan payments. So again, more, will, more information will be provided as the, the, this uh, bill becomes law um, but pretty cool, right? Um, allow some of the matching to be used for stu- student loan payments, which is obviously a major factor, right? It's one of the biggest issues in our country, I think is the cost of education. It's, it's ridiculous that you have to pay $60,000 to go to college. I mean, it's just embarrassing. The richest country in, in the world. I mean, I always give this example. I went to McGill, which is, you know, considered a really good school in Canada. I think I paid 1500 bucks a semester right? I think my dad told me paid more for kindergarten than college. So that's the way it should be, right? Uh, or something reasonable. You don't have to go bankrupt to go to college. It's, it's ridiculous. So um, I'm happy they're doing something. I, I, I wish they can figure out a way to just reduce um, tuition, <laughs> not just give free money, uh, but to just reduce, find ways to reduce tuition because it's just uh, a major issue. Another good thing, they want to index IRA uh, catch-up contribution limits. So under current law, the limit of IRA contributions increased by 1000 bucks. It's not indexed for individuals who have attained fifty. The bill would index such limit as regular IRA limits. So potentially, we can get more than $1,000 catch-ups, which is nice. Um, this is another biggie. Uh, higher catch-up contributions for individuals over 60. So right now, once you're over 50, right, you go from $6,500, uh, 6, $19,500 to 26000 They want to do this where the catch-up would be 10000 Right. So instead of 19.5 to 26, it would be 19.5. If you lose the same numbers, 19.5 to 29.5. And from the simple IRA, from three to 5,000. Okay. Again, giving people a chance to make up for lost time, giving people the ability to save more for retirement, less of a burden on the state, less of a burden on Social Security, give people the power to save more. Yes, we need to do a better job educating people, but this bill has some really good incentives, um, giving people the, hey, I'm over 50. I have the ability to put in a little bit more. I'm more mature in my economic um, earning uh, capacity. I want to put away more. I was negligent when I was younger. I can do it. Now, the 6,500 is good, but the 10,000 will be better. So kudos to Portman and Cardin, another, I think, really good provision. This is cool. Another one. They're going to let Roths be simples. So right now, if you do a set by array, it's pre-tax. You do simple IRAs pre-tax. They're going to allow Roths to be in simples. So that could really open the simple IRA become a little more popular. Yes, you can put away less than a 401k, right? It's $13,500 and $3,000 catch-up, whereas a uh, 401k is $19,500 and a $6,500 catch-up. Pre- 401ks can do pre-tax or Roth. Simples can just do pre-tax, but simples have less administration costs. The IRA custodian whether it's Fidelity or IRA Financial, we do the reporting. Uh, The 401k, you have to hire a third party administrator to do it. So if you're in a uh, situation where the highly comps or the executives are okay contributing 13 or 16,000, then the simple may make sense for them because the admin costs are much lower. Yes, there's still some matching requirements lower than the 401k, um, so, here, and you can now do Roth. So, hey, another advantage for the simple down the road. Um, kudos again, good, good provision. Uh, this is also cool. Uh, they're going to reduce a penalty uh, if you fail to take an RMD because you just, no one told you the, the right amount. It's going to go from 50% to 25% penalty. So, that's good. Uh, another cool uh, provision if you have less than 100000 bucks in your IRA or 401k, you don't have to take RMDs okay? So the bill would provide the defined contribution plans IRA owners who are not required to comply with the RMD if they have a balance in their plans of not more than 100K. And that's going to be indexed for inflation. So again, if you have 50, 60 grand you want to save, you may not need the money for a number of reasons because you're still working maybe. 75 is not that old now. A lot of people still work at 75 or 72 now, I should say. Uh, they're not going to force you to start taking approximately 3% a year and start to pl- Pleading your retirement plan. So again, another great provision. Love it. Uh, another good provision coming. They want to update IRA rules. So there, there's some small stuff they want to do. Like if you do excess contributions, they were going to reduce the excise tax from 6% to 3%, right? You screw up, you put away too much. They're not going to penalize you as, as much, which, which is really good because there's a lot of tax planning that goes into that, especially for Roth. right? You can over-contribute, put hundred grand in a Roth instead of six or seven grand and just pay a 3% excise tax every year. Because um, supposedly on, on the rocks, the way it works is it's an excise on the contribution, not the earnings. Whereas in the pre-tax IRA, the excise applies to the earnings as well. So there's gonna be some tax planning on that. They're gonna may have to cut that, uh, find a way to limit that um, opportunity because there'll be a lot of abuse. Um, another good thing for statutes. I get this question a lot. What's the statute limitation if I do a primitive transaction in IRA? Well, it's generally three years, right? It can go potentially to six years of substantial understatement penalty. But then the next question is, well, when does it start? I never filed a tax return, right? I never reported anything regarding the prohibitive transaction. Does the statute ever start? And here they finally said, yeah, it does start. It starts when you do the deed, when you should have filed the return. So that clarifies that issue because a lot of people said, well, is there ever a statute? Because let's say I did a prohibitive transaction in 2020 right, I never reported it, never filed any excise tax, never paid any tax because of my private transaction, just filed my regular tax return. Does the statute ever start? And the question is, yeah, it started when you filed that return because you should have declared it. So that clarified some things uh, and made it easier to deal with, um, which is a good thing. So um, one other thing is Roth IRAs are exempt, again, from RMDs. Um, and this is huge. They're going to exempt and include the exemption for Roth 401ks. So that's been a big kind of difference or distinction between a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k. Roth IRAs like Roth 401ks, 59 and a half over five years, you open the plan, everything's tax free. The problem is with a Roth 401k, you actually have to start taking required minimum distributions at 72. Whereas a Roth IRA, you don't have to. So, what was the simple workaround? Well, just on December 20th, just roll the money in your Roth 401k to your Roth IRA. So you have a zero balance as of December 31 and you have no RMDs. So finally, I think Portman and Cardinal just woke up and was like, this is stupid. Why don't you just cut RMDs in a 401k? Because there's a solution, anyways, and a workaround, it just makes no sense. So let's just eliminate RMDs for all Roths. And they're doing that. So again, kudos to them. Another, another great provision in this plan. And this is the final, you know, icing on the cake. Another amazing provision. I've been talking about this for years. You can now, if this bill ever gets passed, you can roll Roth IRAs into Roth 401ks. Woohoo! Finally! I've been saying this for years. It makes no sense. Why can you not roll a Roth IRA into a Roth 401k? New laws allow you to roll a Roth 401k into another Roth 401k, so long as your plan allows for it. Why shouldn't you be able to roll a Roth IRA into a Roth 401k? What's the point? Maybe you like the investment opportunities in a Roth 401k, i.e. you want to use leverage to buy real estate. Guess what? If this bill gets passed and this provision becomes part of the bill, we're going to have our dreams answered. You're going to be able to roll Roth IRAs into Roth 401 ks This will create huge real estate tax planning opportunities for investors because if you have Roth IRAs, you can dump everything into a Roth 401k, super leverage your Roth 401k, never pay any tax, and a UBIT tax, which would apply to a Roth IRA, right? Because the exemption for being exempt from UBIT tax of up to 37% on using a non-recourse loan to buy real estate is if you use a 401k versus an IRA. So a lot of real estate investors do their best to try to get into a Roth 401k to get around the UBIT. Unfortunately, a lot of People have Roth IRAs, right? They just, it's the way they, they just converted, they have Roth IRAs and they can't do it. They're stuck. The Roth IRA is stuck in the IRA world and they can't move that money into the 401k, take advantage of the exemption under 514 C9 and not pay any tax on the UBIT. Now they could. So, again, there, there's some great things. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better bill. Uh, some things I would love to add is uh, to get, get rid of collectibles for IRAs, like now that the art market. Is so much more established with auctions and fair pricing. Um, I wish you'd be able—they'd open uh, art to IRAs. Um, I wish they would just get include IRAs as part of the exemption for UBIT, like 401ks. That would be another like gift from God if I was just looking at you know ultimate dream scenarios here for a bill. Uh, but I, I can't complain. Uh, some really good stuff here. I think we're all going to benefit. And and I believe that it is life-changing stuff, right? RMDs from 72 to 75, allowing Roth IRAs to go into Roth 401ks, Uh, no RMDs for Roth 401ks, no RMDs for IRAs under 100k, Um, simple IRAs being able to offer Roths, uh, allowing uh, higher catch-up contributions over 60 and 401ks from 6,500 to 10k, simple IRA from three to five, uh, indexing IRA catch-up contributions, which should now increase that $1,000 limit in the future. Um, student loan payments, uh, matching contributions, using that to pay off student debt. Um, startup credits for plan payments up to 5K uh, three years in a row. Uh, what else was big? And then obviously, if you're doing an um, a automatic uh, credit, credits can now, if you're eligible for a saver's credit. That can actually be contributed to an IRA or 401k instead of uh, just using it to reduce taxes. Um, So some overall, some some nuggets of of gold here, and kudos to uh, Cardin and Portman. I think they've done a fabulous job, and that's why there's bipartisan support. Uh, Makes sense. It's good stuff for everyone. Everyone benefits. Everyone wins. If um, I expect um, this to to have a lot of legs. And it's expected that the finance committee will hold retirement hearings potentially this summer and mark up the retirement bill as early as the fall. So hopefully by the fall, uh, uh, before uh, December 31, nice Christmas present, right? If we uh, we get this under the Christmas tree, uh can make 2022 uh, even better. Um, so all in all, I'm super happy. I've got almost all my uh, dreams answered, uh, wishes. Um, I couldn't have asked for, for almost any, anything more. I mean, uh, the Roth stuff, the Roth IRAs, the Roth 401k is huge. No RMDs for Roth 401ks. The 72 to 75. Uh, some some amazing stuff there. So there you go. It's a really I think life changing uh, legislation that will get passed, uh, guaranteed. I'd say 99% of this bill's the way I've just described it uh, is the way it will become law because there there's not much objectives. Uh, on this, um, it, it's not paying for anything like, like the capital gains tax on infrastructure, which we're actually going to learn more about this week um, because uh, the Biden administration is going to now have to provide details on how they're going to pay for the infrastructure bill, which we'll go into more details about the increased capital gains rate. I've been talking about over a million dollars. Uh, capital gain rates can go up to 40%. Some Also some um, issues with no step-up basis and reduced reduction and Estate tax thresholds, unified, uh, uniform life credit. So we'll should learn more about it this week. But on a side note, this is a great piece of legislation. Secure Act 2.0, I think, will be way better than Secure Act 2, 1.0. I actually don't see anything negative in this. Whereas Secure Act 1.0 got rid of the um, you know the stretch IRA, which I was a big fan of. So um, really got nothing to complain here. Really like it. Um, the thing that's going to get the most controversy is probably the automatic enrollment safe harbor going from three to six to six to 10. It's a big jump. So we're going to see the fallout on that with some employers potentially. Um, but otherwise, all in all, super positive. So i um, happy to provide everyone some good information uh, after, uh, especially if you're a crypto investor, it's been a tough couple of weeks um, going back to Musk and China and all the even more regulation by the US. So, it's been a, a bad w- couple weeks for cryptos and um this is a good podcast. I'm ha- I'm happy to do this one. This is fun. This is positive. This is life-changing for uh most of us. So, there you go. I hope I put a smile on your face. Um I will publish some of the, some of this also on our website so you'll be able to check out. Um the act you're not going to want to read because it's it's super long. Uh but I'll 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 drop a summary so you can uh, just review it yourself. And um, again, it's not law yet. It's going to be law, I think, by uh, fall, uh, late fall, hopefully around Thanksgiving, Christmas, it should, it should get passed. That's that's what uh, people are expecting in D.C. So um, otherwise, uh, we don't get a lot of these retirement legislations once every few years. The SECURE Act was recent, 2019, and that was the biggest one pretty much since uh, I would say you know, 2001, so uh, extra. So this is a biggie. The fact that we're getting this a couple years after Secure Act 1.0 is pretty cool. Uh, House and Ways and Means Committee is is working together, which is nice to see. I wish uh, some of the other committees in Washington would do the same because uh, bipartisan it's the way to go. It's the only way to get things done. You got to negotiate with the other side. Can't just stay on your corner. We got to work together and make this country even better. Um, and we can do it together. We've got the best country, smartest people in it, hardest working people. And uh, we've got a lot of, of great things to do, but we need to work together. So I think the, the retirement bills are just a, um, a really refreshing, rewarding, uh, encouraging sign that we as Americans, if we work together, we can do really, really great thing. So thank you again for listening. If you're watching, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for uh, all your support. Uh, Give us a like, subscribe if you haven't. And I will talk to everyone again next week.